What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It gives me great pleasure to welcome you back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rose Show. At time of recording, it is 3.38 p.m. on Wednesday, June 14th, 2017. And I am here to talk about a few things, but I am mainly here to talk about we are now a day and a half removed from the 2017 NBA Finals. The Golden State Warriors beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 129-120 in Game 5 to win the series four games to one and to claim their second NBA title in three years. Kevin Durant was named Finals MVP, as he should have, and I'm going to get very deep into all of that, all things Cleveland and all things Golden State in just a moment. I wanted to do a little bit of sort of a pop culture roundup. Uh, if any of you guys listened to the previous podcast that I did with Eric Simpson, Megan Lambros, and newcomer Caleb Fox, we talked about uh, the movie Wonder Woman. And in the couple days since that podcast has been recorded, I actually went and saw Wonder Woman in the theaters, and it was as good as advertised. I remain of the mindset that it is going to be a wonderful exception to the rule that all these DC movies are very, very bad. But that movie was not bad at all. And as it turns out, (laughs) I was joking with a friend of mine. I said, well, you know, who knew that Gal Gadot is just one of the most (laughs) just, just sort of otherworldly, beautiful women that you, you, I, I, I couldn't stop just sort of just staring at her. She's she's mesmerizing uh, on the screen, even more than than I already knew she would be. And Chris Pine is excellent as Steve Trevor. And David Thewlis, who was Remus Lupin in the Harry Potter movies, is actually uh, very good uh, in his role in the movie, too. I don't want to just laden this with spoilers uh, in case there are people listening who haven't seen the movie, but uh, I recommend going to see it. It is It lived up to the considerable hype, and I certainly hope that Gal Gadot gets lots of chances to flex her movie star muscle outside of the role of Wonder Woman, and kudos to director Patty Jenkins, and ultimately, anytime there is a successful uh, female-led movie or a female-directed movie, in this case both, it's an enormously good thing because it's going to give the ladies more at-bats. That's always what I think of when I see a great TV show or movie that's led or directed, uh, produced by women because the ladies got to get more at bats because Hollywood is a largely male driven enterprise as are far too many (laughs) industries. We got to give the ladies lots of at bats and wonder woman should do just that. And the other thing that I wanted to touch on is what happened yesterday on Tuesday when, uh, America's most racist Keebler elf, Jeff Sessions testified in front of the United States Senate, and he was very stubborn and refused to answer lots and lots of questions that were asked of him, even though he specifically said that he did not, he was not invoking executive privilege. And so California Senator Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Harris was grilling Jeff Sessions, basically being like, what Department of Justice policy uh, are you using right now to not answer these questions, even though you went under oath and said you were going to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Sessions repeatedly said, I don't remember, I don't recall. He said he'd never been briefed on uh, Russia, Russia's meddling in the 2016 election, even though he's the motherfucking attorney general. So I... Kamala Harris then tweeted out later in the day after the 
Sessions' testimony was over, that she was calling for him to resign, and that he had obstructed the Senate's ability to get to the bottom of what had actually happened. And I think that that is a pretty fair game from uh, Kamala from Senator Harris. She was also interrupted for the second time in as many weeks during a Senate hearing. (laughs) She was interrupted while she was questioning James Comey. And then again today, uh, yesterday when she was questioning Sessions. So, uh, I, I just certainly hope that Sessions, uh, gets his comeuppance for, uh, being, you know, America's most racist Keebler elf and uh, a person who really has sort of is inhibiting the Senate's ability and the the other branches of government's ability to bring the hammer down on him and Trump and uh, all the people who deservedly need to, to kind of get the axe uh, from this administration. Uh, I would be remiss if I did not talk about the shootings that happened this morning. My goodness. Uh, both in San Francisco and in Alexandria, uh, Virginia, because uh, Stephen Scalise, who's a uh, is he a Senate Majority Whip? He's 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 either a member of the Senate or a member of Congress. He was shot. They were shot by an Illinois man named James Hodkington, I think his name is, and it's horrific as every single mass shooting is that occurs and there have been you know too many shootings to to recount off the top of my head over the last you know and I'm talking about I'm talking about big national story mass shootings as opposed to the dozens and dozens of mass shootings that do not get every single national headline so uh, most definitely thoughts and prayers go out to the families and loved ones of all those who were killed or injured both in San Francisco and in Alexandria and with that I'm going to get things off the morose and go to the NBA finals because I think that as always uh, we can find sort of comfort in different pieces of pop culture whether it's music uh movies television sports uh when things are going so horribly wrong with the country as they have been for the last few months so the 2017 nba finals i think that a lot of people are of the opinion that the golden state warriors have effectively ruined the nba that they have uh, cheapened the product of basketball because why should we even have a season? Why should we have a playoffs if we know that they're going to win because they stacked the deck so far in their favor? And I think that the blame is being assessed. Uh, uh, it's it's not being divvied up correctly. And I think blaming the Warriors and getting mad at the Warriors is the wrong move. I think people remain very angry with KD that he signed with the Warriors. I think that is something that uh, he's going to have to shake off over time and will never completely shake off, just as LeBron still has his haters for how he went to Miami. I'm sure KD is going to have his haters for life for him leaving Oklahoma City and going to Golden State. But frankly, I wanted to, to go down and list all the things that had to happen in order for Kevin Durant to actually sign with the Warriors because it's just an improbable series of events and 
after this Warriors team is done making their run, however long that may be, I think the NBA is going to be an incredibly parody-filled league, and it is below the Warriors. I, I really do think that. I think there are 28 teams that are bunched uh, fairly close together. The Cavs are a couple notches above those 28 teams, and then the Warriors are a couple notches above the Cavs. So we're going to try and find the ways that the other NBA teams can bridge those notches over the next couple years. But, I mean, for pe- I, ho- I hope too many people weren't surprised by the Warriors uh, dispatching the Cavs fairly easily. That was my prediction before the series was Warriors in five, and I was far from alone. I think that was the most common prediction was Warriors in five, and the most common prediction for the NBA season bef- as from the moment Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors last July 4th was Warriors over Cavs in the finals, and that's exactly what happened because the NBA is the most predictable sport. But I think that Kevin Durant for... His performance during the year and during the playoffs and particularly during the finals should be celebrated and we should be happy for him and for his mom and for um, his family while at the same time still, you know, there's still the lingering wish, at least for me and I'm sure for a lot of other basketball fans that he would have stayed in Oklahoma City to run it back because they were so agonizingly close to beating the Warriors the previous year, being up 3-1, and then having a stranglehold, uh, not a stranglehold, but having a very good chance to win Game 6 in Oklahoma City, and then Clay Thompson just in what will probably go down as his greatest moment, hitting going 11 of 18 from 3 in that game and saving that Warrior season, at least for the time being. So the Warriors are champs. People think that they're going to be champs uh, going forward, and I think that owner Joe Lacob is going to have to pay a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money to keep the team together, and he should because the Warriors print money. They are just just, just rolling in it, so why would they not keep together uh, a team that has a chance to prove itself as the greatest team in NBA history? They just went on the best three-year run in NBA history for any team that didn't actually win three straight titles, and they... I mean, it's 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 hard to argue that they wouldn't, at the very least, hold their own with any team in the 71-year history of the NBA. And here are uh, here's how we got here: is here here all the different separate reasons and things that had to happen in order for Kevin Durant to actually get to Golden State. So. As people sort of may or may not remember at this point, for the first couple years of his career, Steph Curry had uh, lingering ankle issues. He had a lot of ankle injuries in the first couple years of his career, which allowed him, I believe during the 2012-2013 season, to sign an extension with the Warriors that ended up being one of the best contracts in the entire 21st century. He signed a four-year, $44 million extension that didn't kick in until the next year. So... 2012 2013 that playoffs was when they beat the nuggets in the first round and curry sort of had his national coming out party like oh crap he's doing the same thing he did in the 08 march madness with davidson but he's doing it in the nba playoffs against a really good 57 win denver nuggets team that had uh that year's coach of the year george carl and they beat the Nuggets in six games, and then uh, took the Spurs to six games, and both in game four against Denver and game one against San Antonio, Curry scored 22 points in the third quarter of each of those games. Both of those third quarters are super, super memorable. Go back and watch those YouTube highlights of those third quarters if you haven't, because they're just peak Steph Curry. And from that moment on, he's been, you know, capitals 
S-T-E-P-H, Steph Curry. And the the last four years, he's they've gotten him for highway robbery. He's been worth at least three times his $11 million yearly salary. And now he's going to get a supermax from the team as he should. So... But again, if he doesn't sign that, that four-year, $44 million contract, the Warriors don't have enough room to sign Kevin Durant. Harrison Barnes uh, ended up declining a four-year, $68 million uh, contract in order to pursue free agency. He ended up getting paid by the Dallas Mavericks more than four years, uh, 68 so it was worth it for him. But if Harrison Barnes had just taken that money, they don't have the room to sign Kevin Durant. Clay Thompson as we just mentioned, had to hit 11 threes in game six against the Thunder in in OKC in order for them not to get eliminated. And if they get eliminated and the OKC goes on to the finals, I hardly think Kevin Durant is going to leave that team for the team he just beat in the conference finals. Then, after the Warriors beat the Thunder and got to the finals, Draymond had to get suspended for game five of the finals after he and LeBron had that altercation in game four. LeBron had to go absolutely supernova for three straight games, and the Warriors had to blow a 3-1 lead in the finals and have Kyrie make the greatest you know, isolation shot of his career against Steph. And had they had to lose that finals in the excruciating fashion that they did and on top of all of that, on top of them having enough room, losing in the finals, they also had to have Jerry West, who was, act, was and I believe still is, although he might leave, acting as a consultant for the Warriors at the time, had to go to Durant when Durant was hosting all these different teams in the Hamptons and having meetings. He had to tell Durant about how Jerry West said, you know, I've lost in the finals uh, I think I think it's nine times. I lost in the finals nine times in my career, and even though I won two championships, I think about those nine losses every single day of my life, and I don't want. Oh, excuse me. I don't want that to happen to you. Like you should make things easier on yourself. You should come here and be part of greatness. And Dur- that I believe was a large factor in Durant ultimately choosing the Warriors. And. All that had to happen, he had to sign, and then they had to go out and actually do it. And I know that the NBA is the most predictable sport, but one of the hardest things to do for any uh, athlete or team in any sport is to deliver on high expectations. And that's what the Warriors did all year long, uh, with the lone exception of their opening night blowout loss to the Spurs. And I think that this year was redemption for uh, Durant in terms of people calling him a snake and him getting finals MVP. Uh, I think it's redemption for him. And even more so, I think it's redemption for Steph Curry, who had this unbelievable amount of backlash after he, you know, by his standards, he underperformed in last year's finals and was outplayed. Probably, you know, for the balance of the seven games, was outplayed by Kyrie Irving in last year's finals. And Steph came back and was you know, otherworldly uh, during the season and then was himself. He averaged frickin' 28, I think he averaged 28.5, something around there, 28 or 29 points a game for the playoffs and uh, had 40, 40 rebounds in the five games in the finals, which was uh, 11 more rebounds than Tristan Thompson had in the finals. Curry's an underrated rebounder. And... I know that Curry sort of hit a peak during the Warriors 73-win season that very few athletes ever, ever, ever get to and that ultimately it was going to come back down. I just didn't think that people were going to be, uh, you know, drink as much haterade as they did with him. I think he is now uh, uh, 
exalted and and uh, exonerated for that backlash and he also his daughter Riley Curry got back in the public eye with the best gif of the entire 2017 NBA season where uh, as Steph is holding the trophy Riley Curry wearing a championship hat looks into the trophy sees her reflection and grabs the hat and tilts it to the side because she is the real MVP and I think that if Joe Lacob and Bob Myers and Steve Kerr all decide to pay Curry the Supermax and Durant very nearly the Supermax and then eventually pay Clay Thompson and try and keep the team together and pay, you know, a historic amount of luxury tax that they're going to be proven right for that too because assuming that these four dudes, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant can stay healthy, it's it's very very hard to imagine a team beating them four times in seven games. Uh, I think that LeBron now has to go back to, uh, you know, back to to the lab again, yo, uh, to quote Eminem. And he was superb. And I heard a stat on the Ringers NBA Show podcast with Chris Vernon. Shout out to Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor, uh, who do great work on the Ringer NBA Show. Chris Vernon said that over the five games of the 2017 NBA Finals, LeBron averaged 33, 12, and 10, and he had more combined points, rebounds, and assists than any other five-game span in his entire career. LeBron was just so breathtaking the entire series, and Game 5 was no exception. He did not go quietly, and I... Why it's it's I texted uh, Jake Kinder who's been on this podcast a couple times. I texted him. I said it was Shakespearean theater watching maybe the greatest team of all time take on maybe the best player of all time, and watching LeBron try to just hold back an unstoppable force for as long as he could, and it ultimately wasn't enough. Um, I think that that team as currently constituted is too old and too slow defensively to compete with the Warriors. I think, I don't know how many bullets in the chamber they have in terms of roster moves that they can make because David Griffin has sort of wrung that towel completely dry uh, in terms of trading assets to try and get veterans, to try and get uh, Channing Frye and, and Kyle Korver and Timothy Mozgov a couple years ago. They they have just done everything they can to try and make the roster a championship team, and they did. They won a title, so obviously it's all worth it because they won a title. But now they don't have the, the horses defensively uh, to guard on the perimeter with the Warriors and just to keep up. Uh, I think that if they can talk the Pacers into trading them Paul George for Kevin Love, even though Paul George only has one year left on his contract and Love has three, that would be uh, the thing that entices Indiana to accept that trade. I, I don't think that would happen, but if it's at all doable, I think the Cavs should do it simply and push all their chips into the middle for next year simply because you know you can never predict the future and there's rumblings about LeBron leaving after next year to go uh, west to some California team. I don't buy that. I think LeBron is staying for his whole career in Cleveland, but the point is that uh, Cavs GM David Griffin and the owner Dan Gilbert, they never really know. I also couldn't believe that David Griffin uh, 
is rumored to perhaps lose his job after his team just went to the finals three straight years. I'm biased because I was lucky enough, as I've said on this podcast, to meet and talk to David Griffin during a couple of their games against the Celtics, both in the Eastern Conference Finals a couple weeks ago and uh, over the last couple of years as they've come to Boston. And I think not only is he uh, a good man, <laughs> but a good GM and has done pretty much everything that has been asked of him and if he needs to pivot and get the team younger I think he'll find a way to do that I hope that they trade for Paul George and they just stack it up because that'd be a ton of fun to watch Paul George uh go to war with LeBron and Kyrie and just see see if that excuse me good lord excuse me sorry about the yawning if that gets them any closer to the Warriors I mean, we can talk all day about what teams can do, what the the Philadelphia 76ers can do if all their young guys gel, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Celtics if they draft Markel Fultz or trade for Porzingis or sign Gordon Hayward, whatever. All these teams, I just don't think, even if everything worked out right, could beat the – even if Chris Paul signed with the Spurs, which I don't think is going to happen. I I don't think any of these teams can beat the Warriors. I don't. I think we're stuck with this team, and I don't think that the Warriors owe anybody an apology. Uh, I think they, if I was a Warriors fan, uh, and Warriors fans have been, you know, there have been a lot of bandwagon Warriors fans over the last couple of years. That happens to any team that becomes great. Just throwing that out there. Uh, they should throw two middle fingers up to all the haters and say, you know, count these rings because that's what I would do as a Boston sports fan. In fact, that's what I do do with our 10 championships across all four major sports. And as the next year and the year after and the year after roll through, it's going to be incredible to watch the rest of the league do whatever is in their power to try and keep up with this unstoppable team. I am happy for Kevin Durant. I am happy for that whole team. And a quick special shout-out to Sean Livingston. Uh, not because he was particularly outstanding in these finals, but because whenever I look at Sean Livingston out there on the court, especially these last couple of years when he's been so great for the Warriors, I just think of the one photo of him when he had one of the worst injuries you'll ever see in any sport for the Clippers. Uh, when he was down on the ground, and there's a picture of his knee where you can see his kneecap is like six inches off of where a kneecap should be it's just, and there's just a bit blank sort of uh hole where his kneecap should be and it's devastating and he almost lost that leg they almost had to amputate that leg and not only did he come back into the nba but now he's uh a great a a core piece in one of the greatest nba teams ever and he's a two-time nba champ and i get emotional uh about Sean Livingston more than anybody else in that Warriors team. So I'm really happy for him. Um, that That's that's about all she wrote for the 2017 NBA Finals and the things that we want to talk about. I think that... Oh, I'm sorry. One, one more thing. Two more things. One, I know that the Finals loss now makes LeBron James 3-5 and five in NBA Finals. And I know that a lot of people are going to say that Michael Jordan went 6-0 and oh in his six trips to the NBA Finals and LeBron in his eight trips... Uh, has gone three and five, and that should count negatively against him. 
I think that that's a very narrow-minded way to approach things, but I, I don't think that you can watch what happened in these finals and say that it should negatively impact LeBron's legacy. I think that he was magical in these finals and that he did absolutely everything that not only he could do, but that any player could possibly do against that team. Um, and I think that he's going to make more finals and probably, I think some tells me LeBron is going to at least win one more championship before he retires and losing again and again in the finals, you know, LeBron has been only, he's only been favored in two finals that he has ever played in. I believe it was 2011 against the Mavericks and maybe 2013, the first year against the Spurs are the only two years out of his eight final trips where he's been favored. And to be the greatest player in the world and an underdog is such a, like I said, Shakespearean theater and such a treat to watch him compete against, uh, uh, not only his other team, but against his own legacy because he carries all that weight with him. And he also said uh, just a just a ludicrously false thing after the game when he said that he'd never been... Someone asked him about the Warriors super team and how it compares to his super team on Cleveland and the old one in Miami. And LeBron said, I've never played for a super team, which is patently ridiculous. Like, come on! Like, LeBron essentially started the super team movement or at least the current iteration of the super team movement when he and Chris Bosh joined Dwayne Wade in Miami that they had the welcoming party and of course of course he's been part of a super team and he's part of a super team in Cleveland now uh, uh that that cracks me up LeBron is is uh has a harder brand to manage and has to deal with more things on a day-to-day basis than most athletes have ever had to deal with but that is that is just a hilariously false statement from him. And then last but not least, the Warriors unanimously decided to skip their White House visit and to bring things full circle back to the political way that we started this podcast. The only response to hearing that the Warriors are going to skip the White House is fuck yeah. I hope that no, in particular the NBA, I don't think any NBA team is going to visit the White House as long as Trump is in power. And I hope that the other teams follow suit. I hope that the Pittsburgh Penguins, who just won the Stanley Cup, shout out to the Penguins. Um, I hope that the Penguins don't go to the White House. I hope that, you know, I hope that the only team to visit the Trump White House is uh, the Patriots. Uh, yuck. All right. Uh, That's going to do it for today's episode of Fighting Fire with Fire. As always, you can listen to all episodes of Fighting Fire with Fire at soundcloud.com slash fighting fire with fire. Give us a rating and review on iTunes. That always helps us out with the algorithms. Leave us a comment on facebook.com slash the AJ Rose Show. Tweet at us at the AJ Rose Show. Mail us. Email us. AJRoseShow at gmail.com. My name is AJ Rose, and I will see you guys next time. Cheers.